Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Creative Chats podcast. My name is Leslie Bradley. I'm a local Gold Coast filmmaker photographer. And on this week's episode, I have my good friend Alex Mather, a uh, filmmaker director from Griffith. How are you, Alex? Good, Leslie. How are you? Not too bad, not too bad. Uh, so this is actually the second time I've tried to record this damn podcast. First time uh, batteries on this damn microphone ran out, but turns out I can plug it into my laptop and uh, get consistent power through that way. So slowly learning the ropes of podcasting as we go. Uh, so I wanted to get uh, into the questions. So first one, um, how do you get into filmmaking? Oh, probably in the early days of high school where me and my mate would, um, you know, create little videos on on an iPhone, you know, I remember this one time we recorded, like we were really into video games. Yep. Um, so we recorded some footage off of his TV, but we didn't really have any way to, you know, we didn't really know about screen recording or any of that. So I remember just setting up an iPhone in front of the TV with like this <laughs> makeshift tripod and, you know, from there we'd like record some gameplay and then uh, later on I would edit it in uh, Movie Maker on my wow, own. Movie Mac. Maker, that's going back a bit, isn't it? Jeez. A lot of people yeah, start their YouTube career on Movie Maker, believe it or not. Like they always well, talk yeah. about it 10 years ago. <laughs> all you need really is like you don't need fancy effects all the time. No. You just need to be able to like piece things together. You just need so, a yeah, timeline and a little bit of farm management and you can, yeah, as long as yeah, you can cut and paste and that's pretty much all you need. Yeah, so then made a few of those, put them on YouTube, obviously didn't didn't uh, take off on YouTube, so. <laughs> you know, why, why aren't you a YouTuber now earning millions of followers, huh? If you, it's consistent, man. You should have kept know. up with it. <laughs> I remember this one video, the one one of the first ones I made. It was like backed by a Skrillex track, and oh, if if I watched it now, I'd probably just you know curl up in a ball and roll away. <laughs> Is it still on YouTube? Uh maybe it was probably on like one of my oldest YouTube accounts. Like, I'm not sure what it's Ooh. called. But- I'm tempted to like <laughs> go down the YouTube rabbit hole and try and find it yes, and then post it the links. <laughs> well, I actually did pretty good last time a friend uh, dared me to do it. I found it. So probably the earliest memory I have of, you know, making something, you know, recording something and putting it together. What made but- you want to do that? Because a lot of kids aren't, you know, they're outside playing games and things like that. But um, why bring up a camera and... Probably because, you know, I, you know, idolized a lot of people on YouTube and um, a lot of the things that they were doing, like, because I was into games, obviously, I watched a lot of YouTube um, yep. stuff with gaming. So I thought, yeah. hey, this would be pretty cool. I want to give it a crack. And that is, yeah, the earliest memory I have of you know, picking up a camera and recording something. As I said in the intro, we both went to the same uni, uh, Griffith Uni in South Bank. Uh, so because you had filmed quite a lot by yourself outside, making little videos and whatnot, why did you decide uni was the right move for you versus just going out and creating content? Uh, mostly because I grew up in a little country town okay. and you know, 
have been hard to, well, not hard, but I figured the best move was probably just to, you know, go to university and, you know, try my luck at that. I wouldn't have known where to start, I guess. Do you think you need uni nowadays or having gone through that? Like, do you think that was a worthwhile, worth your time? Yeah, I I definitely do think it was worth my time. I think that, you know, because I was able to meet so many different people, it's kind of built a network of people that that, that we work well together with. Because I know there's um, a big you know, big debate about whether to go to uni or just go out and make content because, like, nowadays you've got YouTube and Vimeo and all sorts of things on the internet that you could easily find out yeah. how to make things. Yeah, well, I think if you're, you know, very, like, self-motivated and, you know, have a clear direction for what you want to do then I think that perhaps you don't need uni I think that uni for me put me on the right path that's a it's a tough question because everyone you know everyone is different with how they do yeah. things that's kind and of why I ask in the podcast because you know everyone's going to have a different uh, opinion and um, different point of view on it and I think it's quite interesting to sort of compare everyone's yeah. different experiences yeah exactly and I think that, you know, Australia being so, like, small in terms of, you know, the film industry, I feel yeah. like going to uni is probably a better option just because the uni will have, you know, ties to certain um, filmmaking avenues that perhaps you wouldn't be able to find on your own. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. some of the lecturers uh, or most of the lecturers are actually working now in the industry and doing their own little things outside. So, like you said, they obviously have their own connections and they can sort of, you know, if you do well at uni, they can pass those on and teach you sort of the tricks of the trade and sort of yeah, get you exactly. in that way. No, definitely. It's presented some, you know, amazing opportunities. Yeah, what was- were some of the opportunities uh, during your time at uni? Uh, so I got to work on the Commonwealth Games back yep. in 2018. Um, you know, all the music videos that we were able to do that were, you know, quite spectacular. All the, the locations, you know, we were able to film in Brisbane City Hall, which was, you know, quite spectacular. And, oh, this. There's so many things I could just keep going on, but, you know, I'm extremely grateful. Yeah. Um, definitely don't think I would have been able to do any of it without film school. So how was your time at uni? What, what um, how did you find it? Because obviously going into it, you didn't know anything at all. Um, so how was your opinion of it? How do you think the classes were? Uh, I think for the most part, the classes were you know, good. They, there was lots of variety, variety. Looking back, I think I probably would have done different courses. Like, okay. What were some of the courses that you've done? Uh, so going into film school, I was like, I want to be a writer director. You know, I feel like a lot of people going to film school saying, Hey, I want to be a writer director. Yep. And, you know, I think that I questioned that during film school, like I wasn't really sure after having done those electives that directing and writing was for me. So I kind of, during my time on projects, I just 
you know, work in the camera or lighting department. And, you know, I enjoyed that a lot. So yeah, it's only recently that I've figured that writing directing is in fact for me. And okay. it's something, that, you know, I want to definitely want to pursue, pursue. And what was the turnaround point for that? Cause you know, coming from, I want to be a writer director to uh, maybe not, I want to go somewhere else to coming back into that. What was that turning point that made you want to come back into it? Well, I think it, you know, it was a process that went over a long period. Like I'd always, you know, write down things, you know, we'll have ideas in the back of my head and I'd go and write like a, you know, like a 10 page script or something. And then be like, Hey, that'd be cool to make. And, you know, like never really made it, like made any of those things. But I think that, you know, writing these little things here and there, I was just like, hey, maybe I should try and, you know, pursue writing and directing. So you got a lot of stories in the the backlog that you can bring up one day? Yeah, definitely. I was just looking at like things that I wrote like two or three years ago. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> They're not good, but <laughs> I wrote them. Well, the interesting um, thing is that because um, I have a lot of stories as well that you sort of you know keep on the back burner, like because you know obviously when you wrote them, you you've enjoyed them, you've there's something about it that you liked. So I think it's definitely worth yeah. keeping a hold of the older stories that you've had. Maybe they don't turn out to be exactly how you wrote it before, but maybe yeah. some like parts of that you can you know, pick and choose which one, ones you want and then combine it into something bigger. Yeah, exactly. Um, so what was the biggest thing you learnt whilst at uni? I think probably the kind of people that I like to work with on things. Yeah. Um, well, I guess going into it, you don't really know what, you know, who the type of people you like, the type of genres that you like. So I guess over the three years, I assume you've sort of, you know, click with certain groups and different types of personalities. And, you know, I guess yeah. as a creative, it's kind of important to, you know, stick with people that you like working with that you want to work with more. Yeah, because at the end of the day, you, you're you only bringing each other up, which is the whole point of it, really. You're like yeah. trying to, yeah, get the best out of everyone. So what happened um, after uni, three years at uni and then... What's happened afterwards? Um, so, wrote a bunch of scripts actually for a web series that I'm trying to, you know, make eventually. Okay. Yeah. Um, I made a proof of concept for a pilot, hoping to get made eventually. Yeah. Um, just looking at different avenues, trying to figure out who wants to who wants to fund it, because obviously, yeah. you know. Part of being a filmmaker is looking for money. Yeah. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> it's one of the hardest yeah. things to do out of uni because everyone thinks that, okay, uni, I'm going to spend three years and then outside I'm just going to make a bang-ass script and then I'm going to get it out and everyone's going to want to invest into it and it's going to be on Hollywood in two years' uh, time. <laughs> no, you just got to keep at it, really. Yeah, so I made that. We filmed that at the start of the year. Yeah. And, you know, kind of had this idea that I was, you know, going to pitch it to, well, not pitch it, but apply for funding through Screen Queensland. Okay. Um, and how was yeah, that process so for you? It was, you know, it was definitely learned a lot. It was, you know, a lot of, of like just filling out 
details and I sent in the proof of concept with all the, you know, the pitch documents, all the, all the supporting documents, the crew CVs, that kind of thing. And then, you know, I didn't yeah. hear from, for like you know, a couple months. Uh, in the end, we didn't get it, unfortunately, but oh, hey, there's, here. there's, you know, there's other ways you can do, you can get funding. So I'm just trying to, you know, trawl through that and figure out what to do next. Yeah, so just released Picket onto YouTube, which is, you know, the proof of concept for my web series. I launched it through the uh, My Road Reel competition. Okay. Uh, for those who don't know what that is, uh, what's that competition about? Uh, so it's just, um, I think it's, it's a pretty big uh, uh, competition. There's a lot of prizes, a lot of cash. And I figured, hey, if I'm going to release release it, I may as well release it into a competition, you know. Um, yeah. It's just another avenue for to get something made, you know, cash prizes. I could make my whole web series with with it, so yeah. I just figured why not? I'll give it a crack. And, you know, I finally got to release it online, which is, you know, what I wanted to do anyway. Why did you choose to go uh, the funding route and rather than just, like, try and fund it yourself and then just release it on, uh, on YouTube? I feel like... YouTube is is a good platform, but I feel like to get something noticed on it, you have to kind of be lucky, if you know what I mean. Like, um, I know I released the web series on, I mean, the proof of concept on YouTube, but that was just because I wanted to get it out there. But if I was going to do make this web series, you know, I'd want to do it do it right, and I'd want it to be bigger than what it what I could make it on with just my own resources yeah because um, what I have envisioned for it is you know a lot bigger than what I could do on my yeah. own with just you know my own camera or you know I want it to be a professional production I guess and you know have that that marketing strategy behind it you know the yeah, all the advertisement, you know. The team of people. Yeah, the team of people to help get it out there and get it noticed. So do you have any other other projects going on at the moment that you could sort of film and get on YouTube in the meanwhile? Yeah, you know, I'm always writing little things here and there. I've got one thing that I'm potentially going to try and make by the end of the year just, you know, going through the scripts at the moment, you know, trying to figure out what kind of direction I want to take it because, yeah, um, it's probably, you know, the polar opposite to what Picket is. Um, yeah. You know, I'm just trying out different things, you know, trying to f- figure out what it is that I like to to make. Is it another web series or like a short film or oh, documentary? Or just like a, you know, short film kind of deal. Okay, yeah. Uh, so what's next after Picket apart from this other project? Like, do you have anything else going on? And Well, I'm trying to get, you know, one of my goals is to get onto a big production yep. as, you know, a runner or like a PA or a yep. lighting assistant. So, you know, I'm just trying to, you know, email a lot of people, just annoy them. Yeah. Um, whether it works or not, I'll find out. Uh, but, you know, I'm meant to be helping on something in a few weeks just for like, 
like eight days or something as a lighting yeah. assistant on actually on a web series. I guess yeah. it's one of those things that you kind of have to try everything and anything at the moment that comes up. You can't really be picky about no. what you do. No, well, yeah, half the time. Most of the time I'm thinking, oh, do I really want to do that? And then yeah. the other part of me kicks in and I'm like, of course you do. Of course <laughs> you do. It's the only way that you're, you're going to get stuff made is, yeah, just there's always that one part that says, oh, I don't know if I want to. Yeah. Uh, and then the other part is like, well, just go and do it even if it's not paid. Um, well, I've noticed that because, like, you mentioned how, like, you want to try and get more into the bigger productions and things like that. I mean, luckily, we're be, being in Queensland, uh, we have a lot of uh, bigger productions coming to the um, Gold Coast and Brisbane because uh, Green Queensland recently opened up their Hammond Studios and we have the Roadshow uh, Road Studios down here. Uh, Elvis is filming at the moment. Um, I'm not too sure what other things are coming. I think Netflix has uh, got a few things. Rock, uh, Young Rock, or whatever it's called. Oh, yeah, the Young Rock. Yeah. There's some Dwayne Johnson's childhood, I think. Yeah. So I, I applied for that. Um, Same. <laughs> I think everyone, yeah. everyone, their mums applied for that. <laughs> what uh, role did you apply for? Uh, I applied for um, uh, an AD assistant. So just yeah. running around grabbing whatever, teas, coffees, or grabbing yeah. extras, things like that, doing paperwork. I, so. I applied for lighting assistant. I don't know if that's an actual role, but I guess yeah. it is just lighting department, camera camera attachment, PA, yeah. or run. You know, just, nice. uh, just put yourself out there. Basically, and then I wrote in um, brackets, I'll do whatever. <laughs> Please, just get me out or do whatever. Yeah. But well, that, I'll probably send a, another email, you know, just yeah. saying, please. <laughs> well, see, I applied for the Elvis one originally when they started uh, wanting people to apply for it. And then I heard nothing back from them. So I'm like, okay, maybe I should have sent a follow-up two or three emails just to make sure that they know that I'm there and like, hi, yeah. don't get lost. <laughs> please don't lose my email. Yeah. No, I think they probably get, you know, hundreds yeah. Application. They probably just put them in a folder and wait. Yeah. Well, see, someone. one thing I've found interesting um, about all these different roles and what they're looking for is that because I worked on a, um, a feature film called Bloody Hell as a camera attachment, and a lot of the guys there had worked on, you know, like Star Wars and a whole bunch of other, like, you know, King Kong and. Um, Pacific Rim and things like that and looking at their CVs on IMDB like they've been re they've remained consistent in the work that they've done whether it was just you know camera attachment camera attachment camera assistant you know focus puller for a few and then B camera for a few and then A focus assistant like all these things that they've slowly worked their way up and I've noticed that um having experience on shorter films and documentaries and um, anything basically you can get your hands on in the role that you want to do uh, would help so much in getting the role that you want on these bigger productions. Because yeah. uh, I think one of my problems is that I've got, you know, sound, lighting, directing, producing a whole bunch of different things and nothing sort of really consistent. I'm very much That's the it. same. That's I've it. I've done camera and lighting. Yeah. I suppose probably my like, two big things that I've done is, you know, working in the camera and lighting department. 
Yeah. Um, you know, with a few directing things here and there. I think yeah. we're, we're, all, we're all in the same boat, you know, people that come from uni having worked on multiple productions and different roles and, and things like that. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, I, I guess is, uh, some of us have like, you know, some of the big roles that you want to highlight, like, you know, the Gold Coast Commonwealth Games or, you know, a feature film or a TV series you happen to get a uh, job on. Um, but I don't think those sort of bigger roles... Um, you know, mean too much, I guess, you know, it's the, I guess it's the amount of work that you've done in that role, which is, you know, experience. Yeah. No, so I guess that's something that, um, you know, I myself would want to, you know, focus on more in the future. Um, you know, you could say the same thing or, you know, if you want, but like, you know, working on multiple productions, trying to get the experience needed to, um, remain consistent in a certain role to then apply for these bigger things. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Because you, you um, want to write and direct too, right? Is that what you're... Yeah. Um, I, want, I want to mainly write and direct. Um, uh, I, I wanted to originally do like, you know, work my way up to features eventually one day. Um, but having, you know, going through uni and that's really sh- sort of shaped my perspective on what I want to do. Like I wouldn't mind doing a few TV series, things like that. Um, you know, Netflix type of style. Um, I find that quite interesting now because, you know, they can, you know, I mean, you know, TV's evolved now from just home and away neighbors to something a bit more um, story driven, a little bit more sort of cinematic, if you will. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, look what Disney plus is doing with Marvel. You know, they're, they're tying in TV series in with movies. You know, that's yeah. that's sort of never been done before, um, really, on this sort of scale. Um, so, you know, that's kind of kind of where I'm, I'm at the moment. But, yeah. um, sorry. Limited series are pretty great as well. Limited series, like, you know, small, like, yeah. 10 episodes and that's it. You know, Chernobyl is a, you know, pretty fantastic limited series. Have you seen that? I haven't, yeah. but I've got it on Blu-ray to watch sometimes, so. Yeah. But, Definitely you know, like, even, even anthropology series like uh, Black Mirror was really good. You know what I mean? That sort of got I've, a really good traction. You haven't seen Black yeah. Mirror? No, I haven't. I've, it's on my watch list, but, you know, it's just one of those things that yeah. I always think I'm like, mm, do I want to watch it? I don't know if I'm in, you know, the right yeah. mood to watch it. It's actually um, very um, fascinating because, I mean, the first few episodes in season one takes a, uh, takes a while to sort of get into, like, what the hell is this? Like, what's it all about? Because uh, being an anthropology, every series is different. Like, it's not sort of tied together, but it's it's tied together in a way that's, um, you know, uh, talking about the sort of same sort of things in that, because um, Black Mirror, if you don't know, refers to your phone being like a black mirror when you look into it. Um, so it's all about how technology sort of takes over our lives. And, um, and you know, at first you think, okay, this is really great, but then really what's the, you know, what's the um, issue behind that? You know what I mean? So um, yeah. it's very, very interesting and sort of, you know, it can be a little bit scary because um, we all think technology is great, but when, you know, what happens if it gets in the wrong hands or it's taken too far, you know what I mean? Um, right. Yeah, because I think there's one episode, you know, talks about um, a rating system. So, like, instead of 
paying coins, it's via uh, a rating. Because, uh, you know, we all like and share and, you know, five-star service for Uber. But this is like, you know, interactions with people. So, if, for example, you know, they'd be rating this this um, podcast now, you know what I mean? Like, how is your experience with the person? That's sort of like a, a payment, you know what I mean? Um, and okay. I think if you get down to the lowest star, you die or something. It's quite interesting. Oh. Um, okay. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it's, you know, TV and film is evolving all the time. And um, I think we're in an interesting time where, you know, technology is evolving. You've got VR and AR and things like that. And as a content creator, um, you know, these devices will always need content no matter what. That's cool. Yeah. So, at the moment, you're just doing like, like, uh, videography kind of stuff yeah so um throughout the last year of uni i mainly focused on like branding and um sort of working out you know the business side of things like the documents the contracts things like that um and uh this year i've mainly focused on the website getting that up and running and um designing a few pieces of content and whatnot which i've posted and trying to sort out the podcast which is all this here now so um, yeah. I'm in the sort of content phase, if you will. Um, and then from there, going to try and um, get into videography more. So like, you know, the real estates, the branding, the um, yeah. weddings, all that sort of stuff to yeah. try and bring in money. Um, and then from there, my plan is to uh, use that money as funding for my own short films, which are then pitched to Screen Queensland and try and get investing for bigger things. Yeah, funny you say that. I was listening to a podcast the other day and the guy was able to, you know, make a feature film with the money he'd earned and the gear he'd bought throughout his, you know, all his videography stuff that he'd done, like yep. working on, you know, big commercials. And um, I actually watched his feature the other night. It's, you know, I'll plug it. It's called The Vast of Night. The um, Vast of Night. Awesome. Definitely, definitely worth a watch. Very, Where is it? Know, Netflix? It's on or? Amazon Prime. Oh, another yeah. service. Very, <laughs> very, very good movie. Well, well yep. done. Well shot. You know. Do you know what it was shot on? No, no clue. But it was, cool. um, yeah, looked very nice, aesthetically pleasing, and you know the story was, you know, compelling and yeah. You know, throughout, there was a lot of intrigue. So. Yeah, definitely recommend that one. And if you want to, you know, check out the interview with the director, it's um, I forget what his name is. Let let me just check. Yeah, um, I mean, you bring up an interesting point in that, you know, I mean, that's kind of what I'm hoping to do in that, you know, I don't have the, the latest camera. It's a 5D Mark III that's, you know, what, six years old now, something like that. But, you know, I think for... I mean, everyone's still watching 1080p video. Not everyone has a 4K monitor or TV that they're watching, you know what I mean? So I'm quite happy with, you know, the camera at the moment. Obviously, you know, I'd love to have raw capability and autofocus when I'm filming, but, you know, that could be an upgrade in two, three years' time, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, at the end of the day, use what you got. That's it, yeah. you know what I mean? Um, I don't think I'd shoot a wedding with the iPhone, but, you know, some people can literally start off doing a few little gigs here and there for with their iPhone, yeah. you know what I mean? No, exactly. I think what else is interesting is um, I was watching this uh, dude on, on YouTube. Uh, his name's Ty Turner from uh, Flash Film Academy. 
Um, okay. I'd highly recommend his videos. Like the dude talks about more on the business side of things rather than actually like going out and camera what camera to use and you know this is how you light. Like he's like, no, this is how you base your struct uh, pricing structure. This is how you contact customers. This is how you deal with complaints and a whole bunch of different things. And he's really really well, good. So that's half of it, I reckon. Well, probably more than half of it is, you know, being able to, you know, find that work and, you know, make yeah. make yourself a professional, essentially. Well, um, if you're following the 80-20 rule, 80% of, you know, videography is the business side of it and 20% is actually going out filming, you know. It's, yeah. it's crazy um, how these sort of analogies work across everything, you know. And um, an interesting thing is with Ty and Flash Film Academy, what he's done a couple of times is uh, when he's got a client and like, okay, you know, we want this, we want this, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, okay, it's going to be $10,000, right? And they've they've in- included the price of the camera into the actual price of the quote. So they essentially go out and buy a Blackmagic or, you know, a new Canon C, whatever, and use that as like the camera that they film with, but, They've purchased it via, you know, the money that they've gotten from the job. Um, so that was kind of interesting, you know. What I mean, so instead of renting out the camera, they've included it as, you know, we're going to purchase the camera for this project. But then we have that camera. They essentially just pay it off. Exactly. So I thought that was kind of interesting in that a lot of people go out and rent, or you know, if the camera's cheaper now, which you know these days Blackmagic's like what under five grand, give or take. You know, well, yeah, so even the pocket sixteen hundred dollars. So like, yeah, you can just get one of those. Oh, that's it. Is that the first black magic? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it that? Because I know they had like a little small one, uh, like a little oh, point and shoot type yeah. thing. I don't know what's happened with that. Yeah, that's kind of died off now, and they're more focusing on the the Ursas and uh, the six K and all that now. Because and yeah, that. it's crazy. It's crazy to think that, you know, everyone's like going on about the 4K and the 6K, the cameras, but then they realize they buy it and then they realize, oh, I don't have the computing power to handle all this or the hard drive space. And so I think yeah. that's, you know, that's kind of like a um, uh, something to think about when you're buying all these cameras is yep. that, you know. Big investment if you want to get into, you know, videography, especially 4K videography. If you want to, you know. <laughs> Delivering four K, edited in four K, then you're going to need, a, you know, a super rig of a computer, yeah. unless unless you use like proxies. But um, yeah, I mean, you know, if you're dealing with four K, eight K, and all that, you probably would use proxies. But still, the hard drive space to to handle all that, like, you're gonna you're gonna need a beefy computer. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, what the hard drive, uh, the SSD drive for you know, the Blackmagic Pocket, you, a one terabyte, you're probably looking at about three, four hundred dollars just for that. Really? And then you have and then you have the battery system. Well, you know, the Samsung SSDs. Yeah, you're looking at three, four hundred for one of those. Oh, the and then T five, whatever they call Yeah, T seven, T five, right. something like that. Yeah. Um yeah, and right. then and then you got like, you know, the um uh the V mount batteries. Um, I've noticed that they're starting to become a little bit smaller now for like gimbals and, and you know, handheld rigs, which is quite nice. Um, like yeah. a 98 watt hour little V-mount thing. But, you know, 
you know, you get two of those and a battery uh, charger and you're looking at just over $1,000. We're going to wrap up the podcast. Um, so I have three questions that I ask everyone at the end of every podcast. Um, first one is, out of everything you've done so far, what would you change or do differently and why? Um, Another hard question. That is a big question again, Leslie. You know, um, it's, uh, I'm always asking the hard gotta, questions. You've got to cut out this awkward space, though, in between, so I don't look like I'm <laughs> some Well, you strength. go from this one point to, like, this other point, and then you like that. I don't know. I'd probably try and get on more projects in, like, my first year of uni. Yeah. Because I didn't really, you know, do much other than the projects that the uni provided. Like, I'd probably would have liked to you know establish myself a bit earlier yeah and, i'm sort know, of in so the then, same boat a lot of people um you know worked on second or third year projects early on and i'm like how the, how the hell did you get that like <laughs> yeah yeah well i did a bit of that in the second year of uni but the first yeah. year i would have liked to you know do a bit more i reckon yeah but you know i was, pro- I was just figuring stuff out still well, we didn't really know that you could do that because a lot of first years have been like, okay, well, it's first year uni. I know nothing. Like, this yeah. is, you know, we've got a lot of a lot of things going on and we can't really, you know, have time to do the second or third year projects. Yeah, yeah. I also probably would have, you know, I'd like to probably try and establish myself as maybe a bit of a, you know, videography kind of business as well. Okay. Um, well, not, not, I don't know if a business, but, you know, like I would have liked to do some more videography. Um, Just on the sideline outside of uni. Yeah, yeah. So that way, you know, when I graduated, you know, I could probably support myself with just videography. And, um, yeah, but other than that, man, you know, I'm, you know I loved being at uni. Um, the people I met, you know, I wouldn't take any of that back um, yeah just you know try and establish myself a bit more in the first you know first year absolutely uh second question what's your favorite film and why oh i actually had this the other day <laughs> also actually um, last podcast <laughs> um i have the answer now the last, i watched it the other day and i was like man this is a good film i don't know if it's my favorite but it's it's up there. Um, Interstellar right. by Chris Nolan. Ooh, yeah, absolutely. I was Such what inspired me to watch. I watched. I listened, was listening to the soundtrack the other day on my phone, and I was like, "Man, nice. I want to watch." And I watched <laughs> you on a train. Like, you're looking out the window. You listen to Buddy Hans Zimmer going on. <laughs> yeah. No, it was. I just you know it's got such a um, sense of intrigue. Like the whole time, I'm like, man, this there's so much wonder, and yep. you know what what's going on, like, and just you know the way that the timelines all like intersect at the end. Like he he always like creates his movies on you know different timelines. And there's like multiple the levels end, to it. It's not just the you know yeah. the linear story. There's like upstairs yeah. and downstairs and a whole bunch of intertwining. Yeah. It's just there's the one scene towards the end of the movie where McConaughey is in, you know, in the, what's it called? We're all like the, the realm the or something. Are? I don't know. All the, 
He's in behind the, the building. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then it cuts Spoilers. to... <laughs> it, yeah, it cuts to inside the... Well, in the room with it where his yep. daughter is. You know, and she's about to break the, the laws of gravity or whatever. And then... Yep. So you got two timelines there. And then there's the other one, which is it's cutting back to when she was a child, the daughter. And it's just like, man, there's so yep. many different intersecting layers. and But it all makes sense. Yeah. Because it's, it's those moments where you're like, oh, that happened before and that's it. Oh, my God. It just blows your mind. Yeah. What what, yeah. what uh, I don't understand is the whole time difference between, you know, like he's out, dudes out in space, they come down to the water planet for like five minutes, say, and then they go up and it's age like 60 years. I'm like, how does that, how does that how does work that, out? Yeah. No, man. I, Apparently, yeah, there's like just, math around that. Like, it, it's actually a thing. Yeah. Apparently. Such a good movie. Like, such a yep. good space movie, adventure movie, and just, you know, the music- the music just ties it all together. It's quite a sad movie too. Like, like when I was watching it, I wasn't happy watching it. Yeah. <laughs> like, kind oh, of anger at the end. <laughs> poor guy. I don't remember the first time. It's probably the second time I've watched it, I think. Yeah. Yeah. But definitely, definitely up there as, you know, one of my favorite movies. Well, Hans Zimmer puts a lot of emotion and feeling into his songs, um, especially that one where they use the organs and, and he sort of like lets the hum, you know, play out and it's like, you know, um, yeah. vibrate around the room and it's just... <sighs> yeah, let's be different. Yeah, I think I read that too somewhere. Yeah, um, I don't know where I read it from, but like that's an interesting thing, you know, just letting the, the, the filmmaker sort of just like, you know, there you go, I trust you do whatever you want. Yeah, well, I feel like Hans Zimmer is one of those people that you can just, you know, trap <laughs> instinctively. That's it. It's like, oh, you've had some bangers before, but I don't know if I can trust you or not. <laughs> yeah. Have they worked before, uh, Interstellar, those two? Yeah, I think Yeah, I think they did all the Dark Knight trilogy together, Inception. I have a terrible I think, memory. And then they did, you know, Tenet as well together. So, yeah. That's got some really bad reviews, Tenet. So like 50-50. Yeah. I like the music in that too. Have you, I think, have you they, seen I think it? they just released it at the wrong time. No, I haven't. No, okay. Yeah. I'm I sort of 50-50 on it as well. I'm like, mm, it looks intriguing, but. They should have just delayed it, I reckon. Yeah. Um, like everyone else is doing. Everything's coming in 2022 now. I was excited like for June. New film. Oh, June, yeah. Yeah, but they delayed that till October next year. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's for the best, you know, because, you know, at the well, end of the day, Sorry, they want to make they want to make a return, so they've got to. Yeah, you know it it is after all business and a lot of a lot of money involved. Like, you know, because it's not just you know money just come out of thin air. Like these these um, production studios literally have to put in the money themselves up front, and hopefully that they get all that back in return plus heaps more heaps more as a profit. So. Yeah, good year for films. Yeah, absolutely. Disney Plus has been pushing a lot back, but I think WandaVision's coming out this year, which I'm pretty excited for. Yeah, but I've seen the trailer, so it looks, you know, different. Yeah. Yep. So. I think recently, uh, I watched a video this morning where Bandit Cumberbatch is coming uh, oh, to yeah. Spider-Man 3. Dude, Spider-Man well. 3 is going to be so good. Yeah, well, isn't it strange that Doctor Strange hasn't had a standalone movie 
since you know like 2016 i think it's been that long eh? yeah like he's he's got a second one he's got a second one coming but it's not coming for another couple of years i think no, I think what they're going to try and do is do like a Robert Downey Jr. Iron Man situation where like you put yeah. Robert, uh, you put him uh, in amongst other films. So you got the you know, um, the One Division, you got Spider Man Three, Endgame, all those sort of things to you know keep the character interesting. And then come his own, he's dealing with all the issues that he's sort of you know played around with before. So um, that should be quite interesting. I think Sam Raimi's directing that as well, the second one. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, see, because so, he did the original Spider-Man. Um, what's it called? The something madness? Multiverse uh, of Madness? The Multiverse of Madness, yep. Definitely, Don't know when yeah. that's coming out, but, mate, I'm excited. Bandit Cumberbatch, fantastic actor. Love him. Yeah. All right, cool. uh, so to wrap up the podcast, last question, uh, where can we find you on social media? What do you want to plug? Uh, go watch my proof of concept for my web series Picket links um, in the description yeah <laughs> link in the description uh, check out my Instagram um, I post you know occasionally what I'm up to on there so yeah um, yeah check that out and go vote for my film if you watch it and you like it so absolutely I can win and get money to make my web series and That's it. Yeah, keep a look out. I don't know when I'll make it or how I'll make it, but it'll be made one day. So um, I'm excited for that. Absolutely. Um, I believe in you, Alex. Everyone watching believes in you. <laughs> Go vote in the links below. I'll pull the links and Instagram and things like that below. Um, but uh, to find out uh, Creative Road Studios, uh, follow us on Spotify and iTunes as well as creativeroadstudios.com. Um, but yeah, with all that said, thank you guys so much for watching and I'll just see you guys in the next episode.